I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Slossy beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box for Duffy. He can hit them. And he does. Oh! No! Secured their championship status for next season. Do me a favor, drop me off in Hello, everybody, welcome back. This is New York Talk, the Rodney Eye podcast, and we have football to talk about, which makes a nice change from the last, from the last two weeks. Uh, we have a Friday night draw uh, in the Yorkshire Derby against Leeds. We also have another Yorkshire Derby to talk about as well. Uh, Hull City is technically, technically Yorkshire Derby. Um, but we'll talk about that and all the latest managerial talk, I think is the right <laughs> word. Um, <laughs> Mick is with us. How are you doing, Mick? All, right. all good, mate. Thank you. All good to you. Yes. Warmed up on Friday? Uh, warmed up? Uh, yeah, sort of. Kind of. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Kev's back with you. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. Hot stuff. And Danny's with us. How are you doing, Danny? Um, good, thank you. I've still not warmed up through Friday. Um, my hand is still frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to start with Legends Night, Kev. We're in the week of less than seven days. Uh, just give, there's a few tickets left, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, there's not, not many left now, to fair. We had a big push last, um, about a month ago, getting a bit worried because we're only about 200 sold, but we've just, I think we've just pushed 300 now, so not many left at all. Um, it's next Friday, so what, it's five days, six days away. Mm. Uh, it's come around really quick. Um yeah, very excited. Legends, the we've created a WhatsApp group chat for the legends who are on coming just so they can share stories and Matty Goodwin's like writing them all down and whatnot. And there's some absolute belters. So there's some there's some what might be a bit close to bone, but they're, they're gonna say them anyway. Um auction prize have gone gone above and beyond, I think, this time. And we're doing the raffle a bit different. I people people might see it on Twitter. Um rather than have your usual, you know bottle of Baileys and a box of chocolates mm. crap in a raffle. We, we put like half the auction prize into raffle. So there's, there's all sorts of signed, signed shirts, um, signed balls. There's loads in there. So um, hopefully everyone will dig deep on the night. And also, if you're not going tonight, um, shame on you, first of all. But if you're not, you can still bid on something if you want. You can still have a go on the, on the raffle. You should again touch for me, um, send details over, and I'll screenshot and send you your, your tickets over. So, yeah, please get involved. Absolutely. 
good cause. Well, for the hospice, it's mm-hmm. a great cause. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very much looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Um, the second point of order is an apology for the instant reaction that we did on Friday. Um, <laughs> upset some people, apparently. Uh, so apologies if you're upset by the sound quality. <laughs> um, That's triggered you, that, and it uh, has really triggered yeah, yeah. you. Um, big, nibble, big nibble from Matt on that one, to be fair. <laughs> so apologies about it. Obviously, we did we did something else, the family action, which we, which we didn't put out. That worked okay, and then for some reason, the instant action, the, the microphones didn't pick up us, so all you can hear is Ben breathing as the, as the cameraman. <laughs> um, apologies, that's all I can say. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll double-check next time. Uh, but there we go. Um, where do we want to start? Um, the man in the white suit, surely. Let's, yeah, let's get this out of the way. Let's get it out of the way because this was a moment. Um, on Friday, we were we were stu- we were stood together because uh, we obviously sit together, and I had a few messages come through some wet from 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 Wednesday fans and and John Morell, the Birmingham fan, as well messages as well saying asking if we'd seen the interview with Tony Stewart. I thought now I said we said well, still we haven't seen it. We're at the ground. And they go, oh, it was, it was this, that, and the other. I thought, it, they're just having a laugh. They're just taking Mickey here. Hmm. And then I listened to it. Um, it was ill-advised at best, Mick. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one way of putting it. Um, it's difficult. It's a difficult one. Um, I, I, the first thing I would say is I don't think Tony Stewart's going to be advised by anybody. Uh, that's his personality, and I don't think um, I don't think anybody's going to advise him. Um, unfortunately, he'll continue to go out in the press and uh, and, and speak like he did. Which I, I've got some concerns <sighs> about it personally, and I don't really want to go too 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 down and too hard. Um, he shouldn't have done the interview. Is the bottom line. Um, and he shouldn't have. We shouldn't be in the situation we're in, um, and it, we're in that situation because uh, he's chosen to go on, go away rather than deal with a job in hand, or more importantly, trust somebody else to deal with a job in hand. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a number of issues, aren't there? But I'm not, I, I don't want to go off on one at him because you know um, I. I it's difficult, difficult in this in this environment. But I, I, my view is that there's perhaps something else going on as well. Mm. Potentially, um, if it's, we said last week, Kevin, on I think on this show that we wanted a bit more <clears throat> communication from the club. You know, when when Paul Warren left, we had the Rob Scott interview, a couple of other things. We were mm. kept up to date. I thought I thought that was really really good. Uh, it's been it's been a blackout in terms of output from the club in the last two weeks. Um, and I'm sure that Rob Scott on the recruitment team and all those guys, I'm sure they're working the fingers to the bone and trying to get get these people together. And that's maybe what Tony should have said. He shouldn't have mentioned he's had to go away. He should have just said, we've got the best people on it. We're working really hard. It, it just came across like they've all been sat on their hands. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of them haven't. I think he's been sat on a beach, not his hands. <laughs> um, it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's way way he said it. it. You know, the only good thing he said was that we've been inundated. Um mm there's loads of people applied for it, which is great. He should have left it at that and said, the reason mm-hmm. it took so long is because we've been inundated with quality applicants. We've got to sift through them all. Not to around and say, well, I've been going all this, so I didn't really have time or energy to put into it. It, it was just an absolute disaster. Uh, it, I don't know. It, to me, it looked like he'd been 
supping as well. He looked a bit under the influence and he was just, just going on and on. He, it started badly when he said, he couldn't even said people had um, people had put the letters in box or something. It's some random, random mm. comment. It just went downhill from there. I thought it would wind up. I, I thought someone had doctored it and put bits, clips together. Then I realised he got his Steve McManaman suit on and now it was real. <laughs> it, was, it was an absolute disaster. I wish he'd never done it. And like Mick says, someone... It's cost he's like, you know, he's so up here. We won't listen to anybody. He's, he's not got an advisor telling him, don't do this, don't, don't do that, Tony. He just he just goes off and does his own thing. And I think this this time, yeah, I think a lot of fans are thinking he has probably lost plot a bit. Mm. Um, if you've got John Morales, old joke side, is he a little close or he's deflecting the attention away from from not getting someone in over the break? Possible. Maybe maybe somebody's turned us down and he's just sort of covering for that potentially. Jan Bieber says the opposite. I honestly didn't see anything wrong with the interview. As Tony Stewart said, it was going to be a long process, any road. <clears throat> yeah, no, Danny. If you're going to sack somebody, have an idea in mind. Have a have a have a you know a relatively decent plan in place. So we're going to get X amount of X amount of people on the list by a, a certain day, and then by the next day we'll we'll do this thing the other. Bear in mind, it's Saturday, Tuesday this week. We've got a free week next week, and then Saturday, Tuesday the week after. Um, I suppose we're going to have a lot of ground, but it just it put a damper on the evening before the evening even started. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. Um, I mean, I reckon Sam Todd will pull in his hair out with that, <laughs> with that Tony Stewart interview. Like, oh no, um, because you know, I mean, Tony did say like he's been far too busy supping his mojitos on a beach in Macedonia with Brian Dean to look for a new manager, um, but you know, the process is underway, but I think it's highlighted something we touched on in the last podcast, you know, we had all that time to really find someone and, you know, then sack Mac Taylor and then um, start the process, but it's almost seemed like we've been on the back foot with the process anyway. Um, and Tony Stewart just seems to have highlighted that even more now. Um, and you know, it, it it could not affect us at all. Um, it could bring in more applicants or it could actually uh, convince people to withdraw their applications as well. Mm. Um, so I think, I think that does highlight that um, Tony has no media training whatsoever. Uh, like we say, he does like to do what he wants, which is a bit mm, in those sort of situations. I mean, fair play to Sky. They've got him at the opportune moment and <clears throat> ramble on, yeah. on telly for a bit. So fair yeah. play to the journal who pulled in for that interview they've done put the job perfectly there but at the same mm. time it's really like oh that's not a good mm. look for us mm. um and i just hope that <laughs> tony does learn from it a little bit in in a certain sense but also at the same time that it doesn't affect us too badly in the application one i do hope it is a case of we've had that many applications that we're just sifting through them all like you say kev and mm. that's why it's taking so long i hope it's not just one application that's just gone they've just withdrawn that because of the interview oh dear mm. you know so i hope it's the latter and not that one mm. yeah uh don't know. So if you sack somebody before an international break you don't waste the whole break and not interview somebody at least someone i've for another day uh it's something that their olders would have potentially done mm. um powerman is desperate for a mick rant on tony stewart i don't think i think you're going to disappoint him aren't you uh well i am a bit i mean yeah it were a car crash weren't it we've said it you know, it was a car crash. Um, Tony, Tony Stewart's old school. Um, 
and and he, he will do things his way. There's no doubt about that. And that way has been successful up to a point. Well, it's been very successful if you consider the fact that we are a solvent club, aren't it? You know, um, in our own ground and, and so on and so forth. Going over going over all that old sort of old old, old ground, but um, I suspect he's got control issues or delegation issues, whichever whichever way you want to uh, whichever way you want to describe it. Uh, he's clearly the man that's going to make the decision, um, and he's not. He doesn't trust anyone else to, uh, to 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 be involved in the in in that process by the looks of it. Um, so uh, he's his own man, and you're never going to change him. He's, you're, we're, we're far too weird, far too far down the line for that. Um, and and if somebody comes along, obviously, and we we feels it will take the club forward. Then, then that things might change. But in the meantime, we, we've we've got him. We're going to have to put up with his eccentric behaviour. Um, I'm afraid because in reality, he's done a really good job up to this point, and he's, he's kind of taken his well. He's not kind of. He has completely taken his eye off the ball in terms of the significance of this um, this situation, um, and and it it's it certainly feels that way anyway as a supporter. So. Um, but like I said, on the flip side of that, you do never know. Nobody knows what's going off in people's personal lives, do they? Um, yeah. So, who knows? No, I I agree with Mick as well. I think it, I've said I've said it on here before. You know, the man is what he's done for this club is nothing short of unbelievable. He's took us from crappy old Milmore to where we are now, and you know we're, we're going to struggle this year to stay up. But he has he, he has done brilliant. But He's now against that stage. I mean, he's 70 odd. He's got all that money. He's against that stage now where all that was done in the past could be just thrown away. I'd, I'd rather him pass it on to someone else who wants it or sell it to someone else, name the ground after him and build a statue and thank you for everything, Tony. But he's coming to that stage, I think. Mm. It's one of the comments there from, from Scott Kent saying he wouldn't trust Paul Douglas. I would, I would 100% trust Paul Douglas and, and Rob Scott to do this process, sort this process, and get the right man in the job. Absolutely no, no doubt in my mind whatsoever, probably do a better job than the than the chairman would. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced about that. Yeah, well, this is this week is when it's happening. So going from what Tony Stewart said, interviews will probably happen Monday, Tuesday. Um, there could be an appointment by the end of the week, so we could have somebody in before Birmingham, but it could take a little bit longer depending on if they accept the job or not, I suppose. Um, I, I have, I, now that you've said that, I have this weird picture in my head that they'll be conducting an interview at New York Stadium whilst the game is on telly, <laughs> on, I, on iFollow. That's in the part interview. of the interview, Danny. So the yeah, interview's on, and the manager's got to tell him what's going wrong and what he'd do better. <laughs> when would you bring Georgie Kelly on? Oh, about 68 <laughs> minutes, you're hired. Might give him a trial. Might give him a trial game, see what I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully by the end of the week we'll have something we don't know. Um, yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about some actual football um, because there was a good game on Friday night, one-one draw against High Flying Leeds. Um, Kev, Wayne Carlisle took, took interim charge. What were your thoughts on the game? Deserved point in the end? Yeah, massively. Um, people probably think I'm mad for this, but I thought we we're lucky not to get three by the end. Of the- I mean, obviously before the game, I took a point. Absolutely. Um, I, I work in Leeds and an office full of Leeds fans and some of them were there again, so I was dreading going to work tomorrow, but I'm now looking forward to it because I, I'm, I'm the happier one. Leeds will be disappointed with losing two points, getting one, 
But I thought even the first, even even before we equalised, I don't I didn't see them apart from their goal. There weren't many other real guiltless chances, and I thought it would defend anyone. I thought if we get into half time at one 0 we've got a chance second half. And obviously then we equalised. We're all talking after at half time. I thought we actually did all right. We're playing all right. We're battling hard. And obviously second half completely different. We we were we were on the front foot. We we're the more attacking team. I thought Leeds clearly had more quality. Clearly, clearly they, they were fast on the ball, little intricate passing all that. But they didn't really cause any danger. And at full time, I was disappointed not to get three points. Yeah, but we're great. Mm. Yeah, we went with a. An old back line, Danny. There's no way of going around, going around this. You got Pelty at right back, Ayala and Morrison as your centre arms, and Bramble the only one with any pace. And that, the pace wasn't the reason we considered that holy goal, but there was a defensive issue because, in fact, I think it was the only time in the night where the defensive line got it way, got it massively wrong. But Ayala was well deep, <coughs> which played some of it online on on side. Sorry, and he's never good. He's got always going to hit the target from there, and with the level of player he is. Uh, but it's frustrating because, like Kev said, I think for the rest of the game, I thought we defended really, really well. So to concede a sloppy goal like that adds into the frustration. Yeah, it was a frustrating goal to concede. Um, I mean, we said, well, for anyone who actually tried to hear us on the post-match reaction, we did say we'd have to look back, see if it were onside or not. Um, but it was, like I say, Ayala was too deep. Um, but I think that comes in a sense of it's the first time those three have actually played together in that back four. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, there is always going to be a little bit of, not rust, but case of issue, shall we say, when it's the first line-up. Like, Lord knows what's been happening in training. Uh, if we've been lining up with those with those three or playing a different system or whatever. Um, but it certainly seems that in the game situation, it took a little bit of time to bed in with those three. But after they did bed in and they sort of picked and sent up after conceding the goal, like you say, I thought we were really, really good. Um, uh, case in point being the offside goal for Leeds, which I, I think if they'd have played together a bit more, off a bit more often, the first goal would have been that. That, if that makes sense, yeah, uh, they would have been a bit more clued up in in the back line. Don't get me wrong; it was still close, and it was a great call from the referee. Yeah. Um, but you can sort of see the differences how they've played together and one thing happened, but it was early doors, not really played together, and the other thing happened. Um, and I do hope it's a back th- uh, uh, a three of the four that we see more often, if I'm being honest. Maybe, maybe not every game mm. uh, and rotate a couple, but I hope it's a bit more consistent with that back four because when it works, it actually works really well. Mm. It's just that when it didn't work, it just looks sloppy. Yeah, I agree. Shelley says Ayala made a difference at the back. He looks confident on the ball. Very good signing for. I thought. I thought mm. eventually. I think him and Morrison complemented each other quite well. Yeah. Um, looks a touch slow to me though. Uh, but that's his agent, I suppose. And he's playing against quick, quick, um, yeah. quick players. But quality. Mm. quality, quality. If we had Ayala and Humphreys, yeah, in the back line, yeah, yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> or Blackett, or Blackett, Blackett yeah, as well. Place, yeah. Um, but Mick, we probably should have been a couple of goals down at half time. Uh, Dan James missed that. The Dan James one was awful. I think it was Glenn Kamara with another, which was almost a carbon copy sort of chance. Um, so we weren't without risk, and although I think we defended okay, we weren't without risk in that first half. Uh, and we when we rode that look, didn't we, for those for those chances? Yeah, I mean, you, you, as a, as a as a Leeds United supporter sitting on social media moaning about how they've lost, you know, you can't. It's your own fault. You know, and and the finishing was dreadful. 
It's no wonder they got relegated last season. If I mean, this is a similar team, pretty much the same team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's, there's, some of them have gone, but um, if that's how you finish, there's no wonder you got relegated. And and if, if you continue to finish that way, you'll not get promoted either because mm-hmm. there are other teams that are far more clinical in this division uh, at the moment as it stands. So um, you could argue with Rhode Island, but, you know, had they hit the target, they're still going to beat Victor as well, you know. Yeah. But they should have taken the chances. They didn't, and they got punished for it. Happy days. Mm. But that is the championship, isn't it? It is the championship. Yeah, that is the championship. You know, if 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 teams were clinical enough to take even fifty percent of the chances, you know, they, they won't be in this division for very long. Mm. Um, and and Friday night showed why why Leeds United are in this division. Mm. Mm. That's going yeah. to be like 90% of our games, isn't it? We, we, we are up against quality, quality teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, was, they were knocking it around, Kev, as if it were a, a training game at times at first. I wonder if they just thought, oh, this is so easy, which is just really easy. And then they got, they would feel like a sucker punch. And then they just didn't come out in the second half. And we just got on top of them. And they just didn't deal with, with the circumstances that present themselves, I don't think, Leeds. No, definitely. And I think, um, how do you pronounce it? Farquhar or Fark, whatever they call it. Or Fark, yeah. Something like that. Spelt similar. Um, I think his comments comments the day before or on the day were were very detrimental. He said something about they're not returning to prime Man City or something. And it's it's all about the goal count. So I think he was expecting to come in and probably two or three up at half time and and blitz us. But I don't don't think that goal, our goal and stroke half time changed our second half performance. I think we'd have come out firing here. I think. Maybe that was a game plan from Carl. Maybe maybe Carlisle said, "Look, get in at half time, one down or ideally even, and you, you're in it. You've got a chance." Obviously, if, if they'd have took one or two other chances, it'd been all over. But yeah, I, I think yeah, they, they probably did expect to turn us over quite easily. I'm I'm, re- I'm really sorry for uh, nearly interrupting you there, Kev. But I thought he yeah. said Farquhar, and he's from Shrek, isn't he? Farquhar, yeah, Farquhar. <laughs> he's like, oh lord, <laughs> pulling the Leeds manager uh, Farquhar from Shrek. Oh, please clip that. That'd be brilliant. Um, then the goal, Danny. The goal on the stroke of half time. Um, Hakim Adolfin, uh popped up. Um, the the goal was created in a couple of different ways. The the, the obviously the build up, the immediate build up was very scrappy. From Revan and, and, and Axe, but the hold-up play from Nombe was was brilliant, and then the the interplay with Tiahi as well was we'll come on to that in a bit more detail in a minute. That little bit of build-up there was brilliant. I, I, th- I thought it was brilliant, and then the goal was was a bit scrappy, but I thought the build-up was, was excellent. Yeah, it, in a sense, it almost seemed like non, one of Nombe's better games for us. Like I've seen a yeah. few people say, um, excuse me, that um, it was his best game for us, and all he needed was a goal. Um, but you know, a dolphin, yeah, which nearly got exactly. But you know, a dolphin always seems to pop up at the right moments, doesn't it? Like, personally, I didn't really see us getting a goal in that first half. I thought it was going to be a case of building in the second half and once again coming from behind, which seems to be our bread and butter this season at the minute. Couldn't do it for love, no money last season. No, that's not this season, it happens all the time. Uh, mainly because we just conceded early, but anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. But it was a it was a nice surprise for to get a goal before half time, mm. um, and it almost spurred us on a bit more in the second half. Like I say, it wasn't quite scrappy, to be fair. But sometimes the best goals are the scrappy ones because they're the ones that really kick you on in the second half. Like I, I can't remember which game it was. It might have been against 
the one that sticks in my mind is with Gillingham in League One, where our equalising goal was the scrappiest looking goal I've ever yeah. seen. And then we beat him 5 1. Like, don't get me wrong, that didn't happen against Leeds. But it shows proof of concept. Even if it's a crappy equaliser before half time, it still eggs you on in the second half. Mm. And I thought for maybe 60% of the second half, we were the better team. Mm. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, Nathan Crabtree says, I thought we were a little bit more organised. Uh, we weren't, he doesn't think we were that bad in the first half, but we did grow into the game. Deserve the goal because they didn't take their chances, and we think the second half we were excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelley says, "Is it was it Hax's best best game for us? Make absolute ball. I think he couldn't get a chance at one point too. <laughs> I think about renaming this podcast the Hakimidoff in Fan Club <laughs> yeah. um, because I just love him. I just love him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've got the shirt there. Exactly. Um, I would just I just love seeing Hax on the pitch. When you when Hax plays, you just feel a bit better when it's in central defence or midfield, mate." Yeah. Um, I just thought it was. I thought it was excellent. Took the goal extremely well. His weaker foot mm. um, took it early. Melia probably should have done better. Probably, I think. But there, there we go. Um, but yeah, just just love hacks more and more every game. Yeah, you do. And and I, I saw a tweet. I think you tweeted on there on 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 Twitter about him saying saying that you could ask him to do anything and he'd be good at it. Right. Uh, and I, 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 one of the tweets I saw was. You know, you, you could ask him to play central defence, midfield, or come and plaster your living room and he'd do a great job. <laughs> and, that's, and that is absolutely right, you know. Yeah. And, and he's, not, he's not, for me, we had, Greg Alford was Neil Warnock's utility player, weren't he, you know. And he would bang average everywhere he played, essentially. Yeah. But he were able to do it. Put him wherever you want. Give him Victor's gloves and, <laughs> and he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be a top keeper, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, love him to bit. I think he's fantastic and he fully mm. deserved that goal. I'm hoping that he's not got an injury because he went down. He, he, I think he injured his arm at some stage in that first half, but he's, I mean, he carried on playing, obviously. Um, hopefully, that's not going to have an effect for, uh, for for Tuesday night because we are a better side when he's playing, well, there's no question about it. We are, and that's obviously we'd all prefer Catherine not to be injured, Kev. But that midfield three on Friday was was it? That 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 that, that that's a proper Rodney midfield three. I'm going to talk about Ty more in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I think that midfield three really really works. They they all give something different, and they all constantly we Catherine drifts in and out. All three of those players almost always have an have an, have an impact on the game, and they just they, that's a really good start base for those three. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. The only thing I'll disappoint me, Rafa didn't get a booking, so I'd have had a 48 to 1 bet up, but can't, can't have everything. Can't have everything, but yeah, no, you're right. Um, they, they, I think that is our preferred or best three. I mean, Cafu is an expensive luxury, isn't he? But it, mm. it, it does bring us something different, which is great to have. I mean, we've got Jamie Lindsay coming back anytime, yeah. he's, he's nearly fit. He's another one who could quite easily replace one of them three we've got because he's. Similar to Rathbone with his tenacity mm. and his bite and all that, um, but Adolphin, I think our, a couple of years ago on here or a year ago, now, I, I said something about him. I, I didn't rate him at all. I, I think he even said, "I, I was a professional footballer." I'll never know. <laughs> but that one with a different manager and a different style of play mm. and everything. But he has proper change. My, it, it, it's not just on pitch as well. He's, he's an absolute gentleman off pitch as well. He's yeah. just so much for the horse pace. He, he, he did the midnight walk. Um, when Brex brings players up to a lounge, I think a couple of weeks, maybe about three or four weeks ago, um, the man of the match were injured. I can't remember who it was. Um, 
And some of the players in the dressing room, they, were, they weren't going to come up and Hacks just came straight up. First player up straight away to take Turkey's place. And he's just such a nice bloke. Um, mm. Thankfully on the pitch, he's delivering, which is, is great for us. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, most important thing um, for us as a fan point of view. Um, let's pray some heat, heat, heat of praise on TI here, though, Danny, because he looks after the ball. So he was my man of the match on Friday. Uh, I thought he protects the ball really well. His distribution is improving. Even though he ain't got a left foot to save his life, his distribution is improving. Um, he is he is some finding. I, I, he just he just makes us tick, and he's just he, he feels underrated for me. I, I thought it was uh, brilliant. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree. He does feel a bit underrated mm. at the minute um, because we seem to talk about Tai quite a lot in these performances, but and it's almost becoming standard that Ortega had a good game hmm. you know like, like you say obviously he does have his, his disadvantages but you know he's, he's been he's been voted man of the match a few times we've said he should have been man of the match a few times as well um, he's almost turning into I, I don't think he's quite the engine in midfields um, but he's almost like the guy who's got his hands on the tiller you know he sort of like directs the midfields hmm. a little bit um, which is actually quite a good player to have, and like I say, he is some find. Um, it was a was it Wigan last, Wigan, last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember a few Wigan fans on Twitter saying that you know he's one of their better players. Um, and I'm just happy we've got him because, like you say, he's just improving game to game. Mm. Uh, maybe not as quickly as um, as we'd like, to be fair. But um, I think the more he improves. And the more bodies we have in the midfields, the better it'll almost be at directing it. Because, you know, obviously when Klukas and Kaffee were back fit, Lindsay's slowly coming back into it. You've got all the different ways of playing in front of Tai, and, um, and then he can direct them with his distribution. Maybe not on his left foot, like you say. Um, and then we can build from there. And, it, and that does feel... That does feel the, the case now. We're almost building the midfield up a little bit so that we can actually utilise them in games and not just hoof it long when we don't know what to do. Use Tai in midfield and we should be all right. Yeah, I think I think Hacks compliments him as well. I think that, yeah, he, I do he, as well. that energy helps helps him as well. I don't for some reason I don't think Rathbone Tai when the, when Kafu was further forward. I don't think the Rathbone Tai works. But the Hacks things worked brilliantly. Mm. When we signed him, Mick, we didn't know we didn't know much about him. I think I think it was Will Daniels we spoke to when he sort of mm. said. Is very very Dan Barlaster esque, mm. uh, and he hasn't got that sixty yard raking pass. But everything else about his game is yeah. is Dan Barlaster. But he does that side better than Barlaster. You know, the, the looking after the ball and protecting the body and things yeah. like that. He does that side of his, his side better, probably better than Dan Barlaster did, and that's that's quite a big compliment to be honest with you because he was very good at that. Yeah, absolutely. And if and if he can if he can just add that distribution into his mm. game, it's going to be a, a hugely valuable player. Uh, both for us and hopefully, um, if uh, you know, in, in the in the transfer market. So, um, yeah, he's quality. He's, he's definitely quality. There's there's no no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, and and he has a, he has a big impact on the game. And it, he do, he's another one of these holding midfielders that, that does a lot of the dirty work that you don't really see. It's not mm. glamorous, you know. It's not just breaking up the play. And once he gets that distribution honed a little bit better. Is uh, is going to be some player, uh, mm. but he is quality without a doubt, um, and he is championship quality. Yes. Yeah, you know. Yes. 
Hundred uh, percent. Let's talk about the second half a bit more, Kev. Um, the chances we had. There was the number clearance off the line. Fred had a chance which <clears> could have been better with. <sighs> we we could have gone on to win that game, and and if we if we had, you couldn't really argue too much on that second half. Balls. I thought we we created the the better opportunities in the second half for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think Leeds would have argued that we didn't didn't deserve the win, but I mean they had the chances. Mm. Seen someone's comment there about the penalty. I, I, I've not seen it. I've only seen the, the um, still the freeze frame. Mm. On the on the freeze frame, it doesn't like a penalty, but I'd like I'd like to see it back in yeah. in full time motion. Uh, but yeah, we had chances. Uh, the non bear one, watching that back, why didn't he just square it? If he yeah. square it, there were two on penalty box, ready to tap it in. But you know, he's a striker who wants to get goals. So he can't blame him. He, he created himself, so he deserved to take the chance. Mm. I suppose that could have gone in. Yeah, you're right. The other one we um, with Fred um, should mm. probably should have done better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was for me. It weren't the chance. It the it felt like we got the old Rotherham back. It felt like we got a bit right. of bit of fight and bit of spirit back in. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think Wayne Carlisle, even though I, I hope he don't get a job, I think he's got to take a bit of credit for you know stepping in when Taylor left out. It must have been a weird week for him to be told mm-hmm. you know now you're doing this. We're not thinking so. Credit to him. He, he, he got him playing. Um, and yeah, just getting that old Rotherham back. But we've got to we've got to stick. To, we've got to do it. Game after game after game, because we need to get out of this mm. bottom three. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, you mentioned Bruce Vernon uh, says Leeds were denied a penalty on Friday when Peltier brought Dan James down the box. A couple of Rotherham fans have said they were surprised it wasn't given at the time. Mick was in hysterics, laughing at Dan James because he thought he mm. dove. Mm. Um, and I, I'll be honest, it was Dan James, so yeah. I just assumed that he'd thrown himself to the floor, uh, and that's probably what the referee thought. You know, that type of you, 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 you half expect them to. To throw himself around. Having sent the, having seen the picture, it's a nailed-on penalty. Yeah. But but it, it's a crowded box. This, that, and the other. Uh, defending the referee when it goes our way, you know, as as as, as we should. Um, it's the only good thing he gave us all night, to be honest with you, Mr. Langford. Um, Nick, do you want to push staunch defence of the referee? Uh, God, I I can't. I mean, this sticks in the sticks in the throat a bit, but I thought, I thought, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Don't clip this, please. I thought yeah. Oliver Langford had a decent game. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> I can't believe it. He, he told us I've almost been a little bit sick in my mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he had a decent game, you know. And and to be fair, I've not seen that penalty back either. And and, and John Message after the game, they were an absolute nailed on one, you know. It, at the time. From where we were sat, obviously it just looked like a normal challenge. Just everything looked fine, and obviously the referee, um, the referee felt that as well. Um, it's difficult. You can't you can't tell from that still image. You, you know, don't look it, great. there's no context there, though, is it? Is there? So no, it doesn't look great. Absolutely not. Um, and 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 if it was like the um, the uh, uh, the Tottenham one, then then yeah, it's it's a, it's a penalty. It's probably a red card. But the referee didn't see it, you know. Um, so it, there's been so many times when we've had penalty shouts this season, last season, you know, it, yeah. and everybody else has the same claim as well that aren't given. You can't, much as we, much as I do, hang my hat on it every week when we don't get it. You can't, you know, you've got to, you've got to let it go, I suppose. So, but ultimately, whether or not uh, that that penalty decision or otherwise is not the deciding factor of this game. The fact no. that Leeds United considered Bulls arse for a banjo was the deciding factor in this game. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with Mick. I, th- I thought referee were fantastic as well. I thought, he had, I thought he had a great game. I think he let it flow for a change rather than just keep did, yeah. blowing and stopping. Like like you said, Matt, he didn't give us much, but he didn't give us much either. He just let it get, mm. let us get on with a game. It was good to see. Mm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, agree. And Danny, an unbelievable call from Alino for the offside mm. goal. At the time, again, I, I, I couldn't work out for the life of me what had gone off. Because the guy who scored was obviously, was obviously nowhere near in an offside position. Um, and the super sub Patrick Bamford touched the ball <laughs> for no reason. Um, had Bamford not touched the ball, the same thing would have happened. But the goal would still have gone in the back of the net. Um, but the line, I think, I think that's a just having to watch the back. I think that's a stunning call for the line because I think it is just offside, and he did touch the ball. I think it's a great decision. Obviously, yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think it's a great decision not to give the penalty because Dan James quite clearly just ran into Peltier's foot. If I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, uh, Jordan Bamford, no Patrick Bamford, sorry. Um, uh, he um, yeah, he makes the move towards the ball, and as we've seen in the Premier League, even if you make the move towards the ball, it's considered interacting with play, if that's the right term for it. Um, and it was in an offside position. I mean, if we played Arsene Wenger's uh, version of offside, he wouldn't be, but as it states at the minute, he is, and um. If Patrick Bamford just stands still, the goal stands, hmm. I think. Um, but it's because he makes that move towards the ball, the line has gone. Yep, he's interfering with play. And I think the person who emulated the relief in the stadium most was Victor, because I've never seen him celebrate an offside call like that before. Um, and we also got a few Leeds fans took out the stadium for encroachment as well, hmm. which is quite funny. But yeah, but... I think it's a brilliant call from the line. One of the best referee decisions I've seen. <laughs> yeah, well, New York Stadium probably. And there's, there's not a very long list, is it? To be fair, <laughs> no, not really. There's about two on the list yeah, at the minute. Yeah. I, I, I went. I went with a lot of leads. Sorry, and they they all says Patrick Bamford is, is like it every week. Is so for mm. for apparently he's a really clever bloke as well. Very like well mm. educated. Yeah, not on a football pitch. He's thick as I'm not going to say it. Whale <laughs> something, but he is. It was just really, really poor. If I were a Leeds fan, I'd be more angry at him being in, putting mm. himself in mm. between that and, and, and straying offside when there was no need to. But mm. but his, his ego were never going to let him not go for mm. the ball, were it? You know, no, no. That, that's it. That's it. That's all about his ego. That just you know, he's ne- he's, he's almost got his back to goal. The ball's behind. Mm. Well, he's got yes. his, his side to the goal, but the ball's going to be behind him. So, it, it, what's he going to do with it? Mm. Yeah. He's surrounded by defenders, but his ego wouldn't let him. And, and, and not only that, he's looking along the line, 
past the defenders so you can see outside himself. Yeah. 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 But anyway, good old but, yeah. You enjoyed it Friday, didn't you? We got a point. Dan James didn't got, got cleaned out, didn't get a penalty, and Jordan Bamford costed Patrick Bamford cost his team a goal. But a good night for you, wasn't it, Meg? It was a good night. I, I, was, I was disappointed I didn't get to shout at Bamford for throwing himself on floor. It's the longest I've ever seen him upright, ever. Um, <laughs> which, you know, it's, uh, I suppose it's a night of firsts, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, John Rell says, great call by the line. It just shows we don't need the MS paint lines drawing on the screen. Yeah. Uh, Mike Miller, as a former line owner, says, uh, as a, oh, this is a semi-pro, he thinks it was an easy call. Two players to next to each other. Making it a very easy. Call. I think. I think the thing that made it easy was that Bamford was straddling the six, six yard line. The line there, yeah. And mm. all the all yeah. the Rotherham players were on the on the right side yeah. of the. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's not as though Bamford had a, had a, had any guide or anything to see whether or not or where everybody else were. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, back on us though, Danny Kaz mentioned it. It felt like he got Rotherham United back, and I know it's a home game, and we can do this occasionally, but. It really, really was a rather proper Rotherham United performance. We're, we're never going to go toe-to-toe with Leeds or Leicester or anybody else for 90 minutes. We're just not going to do it. It's impossible. They'll do us. Um, but you just we got in the face, made it difficult for them, went, broke forward with pace and power. Um, it's, it, well, I've mentioned this a few times, but there, there's a blueprint for how Rotherham United can play this season and be successful this season. We need, we just need that more. If you do that away from home, we'll pick up points away from home. It, it feels simple. I know it's obviously not, but it does feel simple. Just do that more. Yeah, um, it, but it's all about consistency in this yeah. league. Even though the championship is so inconsistent, if you're a team that finds consistency, you pick up points. Um, and if we put in performances like we did against Leeds more consistently, you know, our, our home form would be. You know, a lot better than it is. You know, we, we might not have lost the two games. You know, we might have only lost one. Um, but yeah, it, it it did feel more uplifting. I think is the better way of putting it. It was more uplifting, um, but it was almost the catalyst of everything that had happened. You know, we got rid of the manager. It was an interim manager who was his assistant manager against a team that's pushing for promotion after just coming down from the Premier League. It was a bit of a How's your bottle from Rotherham United? And um, as we've seen many times before, when it comes to the situation of how's your bottle in games where you know you don't really have a chance, we sort of stand up and accept it. Uh, but when it's other times of how's your bottle, for example, at Sheffield Wednesday, the bottle crumbled because we just didn't play correctly. Um, I mean, not not to say I've got high hopes for Hull away because it's Rotherham United away in the Championship, but it's filled me with a bit more confidence than I had on Thursday night, last Thursday mm. night. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. surprised, given, given the experiences that we've had this season where we play well at home and then go away and absolutely make an absolute balls up of it. But, mm. <laughs> I think one of yeah. the things for me on Friday night show, what Friday night showed, and Ken mentioned this earlier on, you know, the the tactic under Matt Taylor and, and certainly now uh, uh, um, under the one game in uh, with, with Wayne Carlisle in charge, the tactic is to stay in the game in first half. Yeah, that's, I think that's always been the case, despite the fact I think Matt Taylor's kind of denied that previously. It's quite clear that that's the that's the case, and then to come out in the second half and try and try and try and nick something out of the game. Um, I think Friday night at New York Stadium was probably 
the perfect away performance that Matt Taylor would have wanted to see from us this season. Mm. Um, whereas we as supporters just want that second half for 90 minutes, um, home and away. And and I, and I still believe that were we to play that were we to play that way, we'd lose less games away from home. We'd still mm-hmm. lose, obviously, yeah. but we'd lose less games and we'd we'd pick up more points <clears throat> without a doubt. Um, I, I'm I'm not a fan of this, you know, parking bus for half an hour and you know trying to get trying to grab something later. It's not not for me, but that mm-hmm. seems to be the 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 clear tactic for me anyway. Mm. Yeah, it does. Um, one game in charge. Uh, Kev, Wayne Carl supposedly wants the job, supposedly interested. Um, any circumstances that you would feel that that's the right move? Say we win on Tuesday and if you're still inside, we win Saturdays. Or do you think it still needs that experience head coming in? No yeah, what? it's got It's got to. If it were, if it were maybe a different season or um, the way it must play for, but this is a massive season. I've said it before, but next year, the money in this championship yeah. is unbelievable. It's like, it's, it's, game-changing money, which is another reason why I don't understand why Tony hasn't acted quicker, but that's back, not back to that. But no, I like I like Wayne Carlisle, and I, I do think he did a great job trying to get lads going and motivated, but he's just not got the experience for it. It, it needs somebody to come in, and we've, we've got some big players in that team, probably the most talented or expensively brought-in squad we've ever had. I just mm-hmm. think it, Matt, Matt Taylor, lovely guy, he, he couldn't manage him, like, he couldn't get the best out of all of that, that, them certain individual players. So I think mm-hmm. it needs someone with a Experience in the championship, um, who can who's probably got a bit of an ego, really, and a bit of a maybe a Nathan Jones. Maybe he, he loves himself, maybe he can come in and get him going. Um, or my, my ideal choice, Steve Evans. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Well, he's my, he's my choice. I'd love him back, love him back. <laughs> I'll let you talk to this later. <laughs> um, Danny, back to the game. Talk about. I just want to talk about Sam Number because I thought it was. Somebody mentioned in the comments it was best best game for the ball. He didn't score. Unlucky not to score. Um, I thought he led the line excellently. He did things that he it was. He didn't hold the ball up as well, maybe as Hugo can. Um, but he caused their defenders problems all night. He didn't give their defenders a minute. And that's what you want. And that surprises me that Matilda didn't play him more from the off because it, that, that's this is clearly what he does. So, and, and that's what we've been missing in the strike force. So, I think underplaying Nombe may have contributed to Matilda's job because I think he would have helped in certain games, in certain circumstances. Potentially, yeah. And I think it's, it's a weird one because, you know, Nombe developed under Matt Taylor at Exeter. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there was like I'm just um, theorising here, but maybe there was something in Matt Taylor's head that thought Nombay wasn't ready for the championship mm. and wasn't quite at the level for that step up. Um, but in the last few games we've seen of Nombay, it's looking like he might be. Mm. Um, and it's just like you say, it's just a shame that he wasn't utilised earlier. But you know, we can say the same for Georgie Kelly. You know, we want to see more of Georgie Kelly yeah. in the championship. Um, and he didn't get on the pitch, did he? Against Leeds, no. It's a bit of a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, Nombe's going from strength to strength, and it is just a shame that he's been on the bench for so long yeah. because yeah. his last two performances have been his best in a Rotherham shirt. Mm. Yeah, they have. Jujuice is a poacher, and I think that's very harsh, Mick. To be honest with you, I think he's got mm. so much more to him. I think he's a finisher. 
I, th- I think that's his. That's that's where that's where he's going to make his money in life. Mm. Um, but he, Cooper barely had a quiet night all, all night, all, uh, quite moment all night. He calls Rodon. Rodon's an excellent defender. He calls Rodon all sorts of problems. Yeah, and that's what you, as, as a striker, that's what we need you to do. We need you to be putting pressure on those defenders in the key moments um, and helping with the press. And he's gradually building into a uh, into a championship striker. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's clearly that he can clearly finish. You know, we know we know that you can, you can see that. Um, and and I think he, he against it on another day against a different team. You know, with somebody alongside him, it caused mm. it caused even more problems. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quality, and and you know that the, the why did Matt Taylor play him question? And I just wonder, I, I just I was just thinking about it there where Danny was speaking. Matt Taylor is clearly a highly educated man. Uh, you know, he's, he's studied football, he's studied coaching, he's studied, and I just wonder whether because of his um, his young year, young years and inexperience in the in the role because he's only been doing it five or six years. Um, I just wonder whether he's a little bit too rigid in his thinking you know so i am now a championship manager and i have to have championship quality players you know mm. and and it, it it stops him seeing the bigger picture and and seeing the little nuances that players have and and how, how he can how they can adapt to to um to, to playing at a different level and everything else and he's just a bit sort of i'm not really explaining myself very well but it kind of is a bit too by the book you know mm. This is this is this is this is how we're taught at, at uni or whatever, and so this is how it works. Instead of being able to see the bigger picture of what's going on around him, and mm. just using that experience that, that, mm. that managers who've done it for five, ten years or longer um, have got, and possibly also taking advice from other coaches as well. And I, I've got no basis for saying this whatsoever, so it may not even be true, but I just got the feeling that Matt Taylor was very much his own man and, and not really one to take on too much advice from others. I might be wrong with that, I don't know, but um, but the non-bay situation kind of smacks of... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's come from League One, so, you know, the, the course... My course says that you need, you need three months in and out of the team first before you're actually... You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, rigid, rigid. Get him in there, blood him, let him play, and he'll and he will give you the you will get the results. Mm. Yeah, sure. Uh, John Morales is really impressed by Numbi. Ironically, he hopes when we play Birmingham next week, he plays because they would Birmingham struggle against the physicality of Hugo rather than Numbi. We'll see about that. Um, uh, final one on the Leeds game. Phil says, Why does Victor continually launch the ball every time it invites opposition possession and attack? Yeah, this was this was the issue in the first half, Kev. This is what caused us all the problems in the first half. Yeah, and it's not really Victor's fault. Well, what what can he do? He, he, there's times where he shouldn't have been given the ball, and then when he has the ball, there are no short passes. No. So he ha- and, and because of how good leads are in terms of pushing and, and sort of pressing, mm. he ha- he had to go along. There's an issue yeah. with receiving the ball from the goalkeepers, which which needs improving because you can't surrender possession so easily against teams like Leeds and other teams like that. No, at least most teams, mate. I don't think I've seen one team come to New York Stadium and, and not not played that style. And mm. I've, I've been saying it for weeks. Um, you absolutely bang on. It, it frustrates me because there's no point in kicking it along to Nombe or Hugo, who's either got to hold it up or lose the ball. And if he flicks it on, there's no one behind him anyway. Yeah. So we should be that should be on the training ground to to come short and to. Leeds did it so many times, but not just Leeds. Everybody, they all do it, and it, it works. And you know if. Mm. 
if there's nobody past to go back, go back to Victor. Um, hoofing it up is, is not the right way. And I think it's not Victor's fault. Some people are saying that <clears throat> that's stopping from a big money or that'll like not earn him his big money move eventually. Mm. But I don't agree with that because I don't think it's his fault. It can only if nobody's passed it to he can't pass it, can he? Simple as that. I think you've got to bear in mind as well, one of the tactics will have been to cut Leeds press off, won't it? You know, we all we, I think we all knew that we were never gonna have we're gonna have virtually no possession of the ball. They were gonna they yeah. were gonna fanny about way around at back like they did for ages. Um and, and we weren't you know, we weren't gonna be able to do the same because they'd press us. So if we you go long and then we can press them. So I suspect that was probably part of the plan against Leeds. We'll have to wait and see against who else we play, but um, you know, just don't don't invite pressure um, onto you know a, a back line that's got an average age of fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, anything else we need to pick up from the Leeds game before we have a quick chat about Hull? Got plenty out, I think. I think. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on. Tonight with our very famous away record still intact. Uh, over a year without a win, uh, Danny Huller. I've had a decent season, sitting eighth at the minute. That that chase for the fifth and sixth in the playoffs is it's going to be a good fight. That it should be a good fight. There's lots of teams that get that. Hull have come on. Uh, this they, they spent a bit of money on some decent players. They've got a good young coach in Rossini. Um, this is it's going to be another tough, tough night, probably. Yeah, I think it is. Um... Hull have only lost one game in their last five, and we haven't won in our last five. Um, so that's fun. Um, but but yeah, it's it, it doesn't really strike me as the game where you know Hull are going to batter us four two again. Um, I can sort of see it is not a rejuvenation. That's the wrong word, but because we've got Wayne Carlisle and not Matt Taylor, it sort of feels like. We might see something different away from home. Mm. Um, hopefully, we don't see a substitute made after 35 minutes. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I saw a comment earlier saying that Wayne Carlisle wanted to change it in the first half, but couldn't get the, thing, uh, the advice on the pitch and so wait till half time. Good. Um, so, away from home, I hope we just set up as best we can against Hull and frustrate them because I was just on a Hull podcast before coming here tonight and they were saying, um, if you set out to frustrate us, then you will because we won't be able to deal with it. Mm. Um, and I think was it was it Hull that Chef Wednesday played where they just sat, sat back and disrupted yeah. everything, and yeah. Hull just couldn't handle it. So it almost feels like if if we did the same thing we did against Leeds, then we'll see a similar sort of success against Hull. Mm. Um, I'm just having a look at uh, their team on foot mob now and how they line up. They line up, at least in the last game, with a four two three one. Um, you know, with the lap up top and then obviously mm. the players out wide with Twine and Twine's caused us all sorts of issues yeah. in the past as well. Is he there now? Yeah, yeah. He is, yeah, yeah. Well, that big mo- big money move to Burnley work then, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Didn't it just um, so yeah, so there's there's a there's a lot of good players in their team, um, a lot of high ratings as well. But like I say, I think if we set up for, to frustrate, then we could, you know, potentially get a draw out of it. Um, and if the decision making and the luck is on our side a little bit, maybe even grab a goal or two. 
Mm. Um, because with the Leeds game, if decision making was a little bit better, we could have scored um, two, maybe even three. You know, mm. all right, fair enough. Leeds could have done the same, but um, you know, fine margins in football. So it's, it's one of those games where I'm gutted I'm not going because it's been Anne's birthday on Tuesday, so I'm not going. Um, but it feels like one of them games where if we frustrate, then we could see a good away draw potentially. Not a win. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's certainly more within reach, I think, now that Matt, uh, now that Matt Taylor's gone. But at the same time, is closer in reach still out of reach at this current time? You know, okay. that's me thinking. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we're going to do a scout report. We're going to speak to Hull and back. To, we're going to speak to tomorrow, so we'll get a bit of more breakdown on some of their players. Uh, Phil and Gene is their standout. They paid five million quid from Aston Villa in the summer, and he's an England under-21 star. So he will be the one to watch. I think he's, he's, he's certainly he's a winger. We played Liam to a few times last season. He played for Stoke, <coughs> Preston and Stoke last season against mm. us. Uh, Woody gifted, mm. if anyone remembers the Boxing Day game, Woody gifted him their second goal last season. Their first goal last season. Um, so Phil Jean is also Hull's highest-rated player on football yeah. as well. And yes, he's their, their left-sided winger in behind the centre-forward, if you like. Yeah. <coughs> um but we'll see, Mick. Um, thought, your thoughts, Mick? Do you see? Do you see it as a as, as a set out to frustrate Jobby because they're 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 going to be similar to Leeds in terms of trying to progress, trying to move the ball, trying to play a bit of football, um, but it doesn't work away from home. We've seen that. We've we've seen we really struggle to do that anywhere. Never mind away from home, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I just I just all I want to all I want to see is some fight. I want to feel. Mm-hmm. I just want to see some fight, some passion. Uh, you know, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna lose, which you know that seems to be the case every time we go away from home, at least do it with some fight and passion, because you know you have more chance of getting something out of the game than just going down with a whimper, which is all we've done virtually every time we've been away from home this season. So, given given that Wayne Carlisle is now in charge, hopefully, I'd like to think that there might be some just some change of attitude. Uh, there is definitely going to be a change of personnel, so we're going to have the likes of. Of, of a game of in the side, he will not sit back and allow that to happen. You know, we, we in fact, the last time he played, I think, away from home, we were at Sunderland, weren't it? When he scored yeah. and we were on top until he went off. Um, so hopefully that'll make a difference. We just have to sit sit back and wait and, and see see how Wayne Carlisle sets it up. Um, but I can't see it being much different to the way set up against Leeds and. Mm-hmm. Probably the way that we've set up most of the season away from home, that's just trying to stay in the game for, for an hour and, and take it from there. Mm. Fortunately, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Gazza <laughs> Walker says that Philly Jean's right. Philly Jean played for Cardiff last season and causes a massive amount of problems. He, he absolutely did. Um, what can you see in terms of defence? Okay, it's a three game week. So we've got this game, then we've got Birmingham Saturday. Mm. The questions there are on Sean Morris and Lee Peltier and Daniel Alec, and they all three of those play three games this week. We have got Grant Hall come back, mm. who should be was on the bench or should be available. Um, it's difficult because we defend the well, so you, yeah. you'd be really tempted to not change anything because you want to keep that that sort of know how there. But you've got to manage them, I suppose. We we don't know how, how managing much managing they need. No, yeah, ideally you wouldn't want to change it, would you? But I think it may have to due to fitness or. Levels of it or age, even. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I won't, I won't change it. And I think on Tuesday, it's a weird one because if I was 
um, the manager, I'd be thinking, I've literally got nothing to lose. If I wake up, I'd be thinking, I've got no to lose here. I'm going to mm. set up to attack, change it all, get a result. And who, who, I don't think he'd get a job anyway, like I said, but who knows? Mm. He's got nothing to lose. He may as well mix up a bit and um, mm. go for it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, mean, I think I agree. So, all right, he's got nothing to lose. If he if he wins and probably don't get the job, he then strengthens his case for another job somewhere yeah. else. He's got this. Yeah. He's got these two games. Um, yeah, Mike Mills said we set out for, for Strail, try and stay in the game for an hour. Then what on earth? Or when? Then what on earth is going to change away from home? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm not suggesting we should do it. I'm just saying that that's what I feel will happen. Yeah. Um, I, I I agree with that, Mike. Absolutely. I do think you have to pick and choose your battles with the whole set out to frustrate thing as well. Like c- certain teams don't like it, but certain teams thrive off it and find mm-hmm. the ways around it. And Hull are one of those teams that I've been told by their fans that you know if you set up to frustrate us, we don't like it, and that's at home they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a team of <clears throat> you know of Watford's caliber, for example. Um, we tried to set up to frustrate them and stay in the game, and we got absolutely tonked. Mm. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's definitely a pick and choose your battles with that one. But I, 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 trying to stay in the game for an hour, no, I don't. No, that I think that's the wrong approach to Hull. I think it's to disrupt them as much as possible, and you know, possibly just, you just like I said, just set up to frustrate and just stop their flow. You know. <laughs> There's going to be times where we're going to have to soak up pressure. Again, it's every team in this league. There's going to be times. What I'd like to see is mix it up. You know, if if we attack somebody for the first ten minutes, then based on what they've seen of us this year, nobody's going to expect us to go out, go at no. them from the off of there. No, um, so if you can have a bit of attack, soak up pressure for a time, then it, it needs to be done in phases. Obviously, um, mm. one change I would like to see, Danny, is Revan. <laughs> I like Revan, and I think he's a good left back. But that was that blew my mind <laughs> where Reverend played on, on Friday night. And that was the that was the one negative for me. Uh it was playing massively out of position and it was very, very obvious it was out of position. And you've got Apio sat on bench, who is hit and miss, but he's a winger. So why would you not but that yeah, didn't get that. Yeah, that that, 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 was, that, that was a strange one. Um it, I would like to see Apio get a run out. Under Wayne Carlisle, just to see, just to see where he is and where he stands, you know. Mm-hmm. And and like you say, he's he's more of a. Uh, don't get me wrong, Revan's a good player on his day, and he's very quick. But Appy has sort of got that bit more about him going forward. I think mm. didn't need that against Leeds, though, did we? True, we needed true. that additional defensive player in there, and uh, mm. I think that's probably what Wayne Carlisle's thinking was, you know, because uh, with the greatest respect, said Revan's not going to get caught out. You know, on edge of opposition's 18-yard box more than a couple of times a game, is it? That's just not his game. You know, he's more likely to be defensive. Whereas on the other side, Fred mm. is less likely to be on his own 18-yard box as he is the opposition. So I think I think that's probably the, where um, where they were looking there, just to, just to give you that little additional bit of uh, defensive <laughs> resilience, if you like. Um, uh, I just I, felt I, like Revan were hung out to dry. I just, I just felt sorry for him. He, he was out of position all the time. I know, I know he made yeah. his, he probably made us better defensively, but I just felt he, he would just looked lost to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. anyway. uh, let's do some predictions. Uh, Kev, start us off, mate. What, what do you reckon for Tuesday? One 0 Revan. One 0 Revan, like it. I'm going to copy you. One 0 Revan. 
typical bit of it's not not quite football in symmetry, but the first game after the old managers lost, mm. having not won away from home for a year, he goes and we win. It was just typical football. Um, yeah. I'm with you, Kev. Danny. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with what I said on the whole podcast and say nil nil. Dire nil nil mm. game is that what you're saying? <laughs> I I don't think it's a case of it being properly dire dire like good grief what we're watching. I think it's a case of. Um, just not uh, both teams not really having enough to breach each other. Okay. Mm. Well, the nil nil at whole last season was pretty dire, to be fair. So if it's same yeah. again, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it um, was. Lord. Mick, well, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit torn because I'm enjoying cool. watching the development of your beard. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm thinking of thinking of predicting a loss, but now um, I'm two one Rotherham. Two one Rotherham. Fair enough. Uh, Nithka Bruce says 1-2. So does Russ Vernon. Harry says 1-1. Mike, Mike the Miller says 0-2. John S says 1-0 to the Millers. And Gumbo says 2-1. So does YouTube user. Tobias is going 2-0 for us as well. Very positive. Uh, I know. Uh, I like it. Uh, says 2-1 to the Millers as well. That's hopefully though. And Phil says 2-0 as well. John Well with the realism comes in. says 3-1 to Hull. <laughs> Cheers, John. Keeping us on, <laughs> keep on ground. Um... Right, there we go. Anything else, boys, we need to touch on before we leave for who knows when? I've got one thing. Just Ooh, a, little, a little rant. Oh, there we go. Everybody hey? sit back, relax. <laughs> I just I just wondered what... Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a word with the head of security at um, or whoever's in charge of the stewards at, at New York Stadium and ask them why they're encouraging people, away supporters, to buy tickets in the home end because if you buy tickets in the home end all that's going to happen is the steward's going to take you out of the home end and put you in the way end mm. which is what happened on Friday night mm. which is an absolute disgrace as far as I'm concerned you've got Leeds United supporters buying tickets in the Rotherham end creating trouble, causing problems in, in, in with families and everything else and all that happens is they get taken out of the home end and put in the away end it's an absolute disgrace mm. and and I mean, uh, I mean, the, the behaviour some of the, some of the Leeds fans, well, and po- probably some of the Rotherham fans as well. I, I don't know, but certainly some of. The, I mean, some of these are supposedly fully functioning adults. You wouldn't believe it, would you? You know, but, but that part of it really, really, really annoys me because it mm. sets a really bad precedent. <clears throat> you know, if if you know these things get around among supporters, if you can't go ticking away and just buy one in Omen, mate. Was just banging it away and mm-hmm. in the away end that's sold out mm. by the way you know so mm. I, I was really really disappointed with that um but there you go yeah you're right mm. it's the, the massive, massive safety issues with that putting extra fans in the away end as well is is a massive issue as well um and well i can't it, I, I, well, I can't get my head around it you know if i went to if i went to if i went to Hillsborough and and <clears> caught <throat> As a Rotherham United supporter in South Stand or whatever, and the stewards found me. The first place I'd expect to be is on my arse in car park. Mm. <laughs> Where else would you expect to be? Yeah, it, 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 it blows my mind. So it's it's poor, really, really poor. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Completely agree. Uh, we haven't a ref watch uh, just briefly. Ra- Rachel, Rachel, Rebecca Welsh. Can't remember now. Should have checked. Um, she refereed the Birmingham game, Birmingham Wednesday at the weekend, where some of some Wednesday fans I think got arrested for uh, sexist abuse, which is 
not awful, but there we are. She I has. I thought she'd refereed one of our um, uh, pizza cup games. She did. So she refereed the crew game and the pizza pizza cup. Mm. Yeah. And the first mm. half was a dreadful refereeing performance. Mm. It was. She was great in the second half, but yeah. that, the, the the first half she was. It was it was one of the worst refereeing forty five minutes I've seen in a long, long time. But well, was uh, that not her first professional game? I think. I don't think it was first professional, but she was so she was she wasn't a championship referee at that yeah, time. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was coming up, but John says, "Oh, John says, oh dear, oh dear, good luck, lads. She is dreadful." Cheers, John. <laughs> Probably that. We have sunshine tonight, is John, isn't it? <laughs> She's only going to be only going to be the same as most most of the rest yeah. of the men, isn't it? So that's true. not going to make any difference. <laughs> very, very true. Um, so let's see, let's see what see how that goes. Thank you all for being with us tonight. Please do subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already, and like the video if you haven't done it again. I've been done this already. If you want to see some legends, contact Kev because there's some tickets available Friday night. Just reminds again, Kev Watson, Adam Collin, yeah, uh, Andy Williams, and Guy Branston. There you go. Oh, no, uh, Brex and Ron will be there as well. Yeah, Brex and Ron are there as well, yeah. So why not? Come on, come on to New York City. We'll have a, we're somebody for charity. Yeah. We'll have a good old laugh. Um, if you're on iTunes, Spotify, make sure you've subscribed to that as well. We will be back. We'll be back on Thursday. So that will be the obviously review of the whole game, preview of the Saturday game, unless there's an appointment. If there's an appointment, there will there will be the emergency podcast if and when that happens. Unlikely. But you never know. We'll stay positive um, between now and now and Saturday. Uh, Kev, thanks for being with us, mate. It's been a good one again. Welcome. And Danny, thank you very much, mate. No worries, lads. And thank you, mate. You uh, gave the Mick Rant fans something to yeah. cheer about at the end. Left it late. <laughs> but you go on in, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching. See you next time. And up the Millers. Up the Millers. It's a wild, wild through a goal, slotting beyond Fodringham, and the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box for Duffy, he can hit them, and he does. Oh! And Duffy has scored an absolute screamer for Rotherham United. Rotherham United have secured their championship status for next season. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.